coming to you from sunny Orlando, Florida. Welcome to the Paper Stack Podcast, where we cover current topics in the note industry, give you tactics for your note business, and talk with industry leaders to make you a better note investor. And now, your hosts, Brett Berkey and Rick Allen. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Paper Stack Snackables. I am Brett Berkey, and this is Rick Allen. And, uh, and it's got something new today, uh, something different, you know, we're to be talking about. But also, before we get going, I wanted to show you guys our new shirts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, 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 ghost. the ghosted. The ghosted. I don't even know if you can see it. Really ghosted. Special baby. edition. Yes, there will be a couple of these dropped off to people at Note Expo 2021 in Dallas, uh, 5th and 6th of November. So if you are around or want to journey to Texas with us, uh, that's where we're going to be. It's a short ride off from the uh, airport, I heard. There's a shuttle, and it's uh, supposed to be really nice. I always forget uh, the name. I'm looking forward to it. You know it's what? It's the first time it's in person in so long. Yeah, that part's really interesting. And so, uh, you know, it's going to be, I don't, I don't know, do we elbow bumping or shaking hands or pounds? I don't know. Yeah, we're in Texas. We're shaking hands. Yeah, is that what it is? Okay. Yeah. All right, so what's the topic for today, Rick? All right, this is a good one. Um, today, we're going to talk about the difference between wholesaling houses and brokering notes. Is there a difference? There is a difference. There's some similarities, but there are also, uh, we'll talk about the similarities, but we're gonna talk about the big differences. There's some real technical differences that happened. And we have somebody on the platform right now who is um, who is clearly a wholesaler coming in and they're trying to broker a note. It looks like they've got a buyer for it, but you know, you can kind of, at least I can pick them out on the site pretty quickly by what they're saying and say that's a wholesaler. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the differences between the two and maybe some of the similarities. And Rick would know because Rick uh, started in his real estate journey and as a wholesaler. Yeah, literally mm-hmm. 16 years ago, I started working for um, a nationwide wholesale company who they had offices in 13 different states. They had hard money in-house. Um, it was a well-organized shop. It was not a fly-by-night kind of organization. I mean, we were talking a big, a big, big, it was a big company, a small company, but it was a, it was a big company. You know, you had, you know, but you also had your own. Oh yes, and then we did start our own wholesale shop. And Two we different had, shops: one here in Orlando, one, one here in Tampa, in, one in St. Pete. St. Pete. So okay. yeah, we had, um, I don't know, twenty sales guys and acquisitions people working for us, and well. we did four hundred houses over the span of. 2008 through 2011. So, so you know what it means to be a wholesaler. I do. I know what it means to be a wholesaler. That's where I came from. Um, mm-hmm. That's how I learned the business. Nothing wrong with wholesaling if you do it right. Um, yeah. You you can get a wide array of knowledge, make some money, and uh, you know really learn a business by doing wholesaling. And that's what I did. I learned how to estimate rehabs accurately. Learned how to. Um, about find houses. That was the thing is finding assets. You get real creative. And there's some people who are just firing off the MLS. Some people who are just sending out mailers or doing the text messaging or cold calling. And that's like, yeah, those are like four really good things to do. But then there's this whole other side of the business that you start learning how to acquire houses or start looking at which ones on the MLS to go after. So it's, it's really good. I don't, I don't hate wholesalers. Um, they just need to understand how to the difference between make that transition. Yeah, it's from, just a transition. Yeah, it's just another tool in their arsenal. Yep. I mean, I actually, I just a little small side note. I promise not to go off too off the deep end. How Rick was my realtor actually uh, when I, me and my wife bought our house, and the way he did it was using a wholesale method. I did, yeah. um, and we got a really good deal. Yes. Negotiating contracts. I'm a real estate broker. Yep. Um, I'm not a full time realtor. 
I just kind of keep my brokerage open just to have it open because mm-hmm. you never know when I might want to buy a piece of real estate. It always helps to have my license active. And if I'm the boss of me, it's always good too. <laughs> yeah. All right. So well, let's start with the, the, the main simulator. These, if, if I'm a wholesaler and I'm looking at it going, okay, I want to, I, uh, this, I'm looking at this, I'm doing fine here, but I want to expand out to different areas. I want to look at notes. What am I doing first? What, how am I? What, well, here's how they're similar. Okay. The, you know, the idea behind, Wholesaling houses or wholesaling notes is you are trying to source inventory for somebody else or you're taking somebody's inventory and you're helping find them a buyer. Right. Um, in the instance today, we had somebody who was uh, found inventory on, on paper stack and brought it to their buyer. Mm-hmm. So at the core, you're kind of getting in the middle and you're acting as um, a middleman, so to speak, and sort of a connector, connecting mm-hmm. two people together. And for that, you get paid a fee. Yeah. Um, you know, that's those they're very similar that way. You're trying to collect a fee. There's multiple ways to collect the fees. Um, if you're in if you're wholesaling a house, it could be you're a real estate agent and you're making a just a commission, you know, your standard three percent commission, you're connecting two people and you're getting paid that way. Um you can make an assignment fee, uh you could close on it and resell it, and then you're gonna make the delta from what you paid for it for what you sold it for. Mm-hmm. Um very similar to brokering a note. Brokering a note, you're still trying to make a commission, but um, or a, a, a transaction fee, if you will. But sometimes you're you're trying to do it without purchasing the note. There is a way to do it, just like in real estate, where you buy the note, turn around, resell the note. You have multiple assignments in the same day. That's probably the the cleanest way to do it, um, because you're taking title. You're getting into the chain of title. There's no questions on uh, licensing. It's like, okay, I acquired it and then I resold it. Um, Sometimes people will pay you a broker fee, a commission. Um, usually a good thing to look at is, and this is kind of where I see the difference, a big difference is in wholesale real estate, um, it's usually put on there in terms of dollars. Mm-hmm. So somebody will, you know, as a $20,000 fee, a $15,000 fee Jeez. on, you know, on a 10,000, maybe it's a $100,000 purchase price and they're making 10 grand on the flip. That's you look at it in the in the note space that's 10 points mm-hmm. you're not going to make 10 points um if you're just trying to make a broker transaction now if you close on it you may close on it turn around and resell it and make make 10 points you may double it and make you know more than that mm-hmm. but if you're brokering something don't plan on on charging somebody even six percent it's just not it's not going to happen if somebody says look you're going to pay six points on it i'm going to say go away <laughs> It's just not going to happen. You should be looking, um, if it's anything under, you know, a million dollars, you're probably looking at making a point, maybe Mm -hmm. two points. You're not making two points on a million dollar transaction. Um, So, you know, once you start climbing up, your points start shrinking up Mm -hmm. to, you know, if for some reason you were brokering a $30 million trade, uh, expect to get paid uh, a good one would be a third of a point. So it's going to drop drastically. But um, you know, kind of run of the mill would somewhere be between one on, on the, you know, the low side, three points would kind of be the max I would see, um, as you start, you know, and then as you start climbing up in value. So anything, you know, maybe two, 300 or less, two or 300,000 or less, you're going to be looking at a one to three points. Um, but don't be surprised if you get shot down there on that. And sometimes sellers are not going to pay you a point. Mm-hmm. They're just gonna say, "Look, we don't pay points." Yeah, especially if they start to get the feeling that this might be a daisy chain. Mm-hmm. That's a big, big, big pet. No, no, that's a daisy chain. Explain it to them, Rick. So, daisy chain is, you know, I get 
a tape of assets and I go and I say, here, I tell to my buddy who's also a, a broker or a wholesaler. And he goes, yeah, I've got, I've got some people for this. And then he just takes it and turns it around to another broker or wholesaler who's going to send it down to, and that broker or wholesaler finally finds a seller or a buyer who wants to buy it. And actually it's the buy it's the actual person who yeah, wants to know that's happened before, <laughs> but um, they'll buy, you know, so the buyer then has to go to whoever brought them the tape, who has to go to who brought them the tape. And at the end of the day, when you go back to the seller, the seller's like, well, who's the actual buyer here? Mm -hmm. And, um, so it just, it doesn't work. You, usually what has to happen is you, you paper up with your buyer if you're, if you're wholesaling it to them. And then the seller and the, the buyer have to talk. They have to get on the same page. That's right. And um, listen, if you provide a service, if you provide some value, mm -hmm. that's the key, is if you're providing value to the transaction, you should get paid. True. You and should that, get paid and you should get paid on the next transaction. Mm -hmm. So that's true. And that's those the form he's talking about is called a non-circumvent document, right? Most likely you like to have that signed by your seller and buyer, right? Correct. Mm -hmm. So they don't actually go around you and you're you stay in. But as long as you're providing value, I, I would find that most people that are buyers and sellers see the value. And you know, if you're doing the due diligence, you know what the person wants. Right. You know your buyer wants first position notes in these states with this, you know amount of equity, whatever, and you're doing all that due diligence, that's worth something. Yeah, it's worth something. So let's talk about some of the other major differences, um, the things to be aware of. Uh, when you're buying and selling um, notes, and maybe you've got, a, you've got a buyer who's interested in purchasing a note, you typically wanna run your due diligence prior, at least on paper stack, prior to running into, in, running into the closing process, right? Mm -hmm. Once you've agreed on a price, that's called your indicative bid, which is, this is my price, assuming everything in this, the paperwork looks good, the payment history looks good, uh, the servicing notes look good. If, if everything checks out, I'm good, this is my price. Once you establish that price, that's when you start paying for your due diligence documents. That's when you start ordering your title, your BPO, your tax, anything else you, you could dream of. Maybe you're having somebody else, an attorney or a, a company like Casey Wilson, maybe you're having them look at your documents to mm -hmm. look at the collateral file to make sure there's no deficiencies. That's when you start doing that. You don't want to start doing that once you're you've you've signed up and you're already in closing on paper stack. Um, you can do it that way. Um, it's just not recommended. It, it tends to sellers have a little bit of an expectation that once that we've hit the closing process, uh, we're moving along. So if you are going to be running that due diligence, let them know up front. Just say, look, I'll, I'll, let's sign this contract and get it wrapped up. But uh, I, I still need to run, you know, my title and all that stuff and make sure that comes back clean, which is usually three to five days for that to get back. So you're looking at a week, which isn't too bad. Um, that's one of the other differences. Um, another one is paper stack is acting as the, clo the, the, the mechanism for closing the transaction. Mm -hmm. Right. So when you're on PaperStack and you're using the platform, um, you have a direct contract with PaperStack. PaperStack then has third party vendors like Collateral Audit and Escrow that we handle. If you have any issues with maybe the you maybe want to verify the wiring instructions, reach out to PaperStack. Don't reach yeah. it. Don't don't go and try to reach out to the third party vendors because um, a lot of you know, some of our third party vendors are really their nationwide companies. And you can, you know, you could imagine calling Bank of America and saying, well, I need to talk to John. And they're going to say, well, we've got 35,000 employees. <laughs> now, the company Maybe we John. don't, yeah, we don't, they more. don't have 35,000 employees who are using, but they're a big company. And so not everybody is um, in the loop with, with paper stack or they know, oh yeah, not everybody, you know, despite 
how big everyone knows we are, then not everybody <laughs> knows about paper stack at priority. So keep that in mind. Um, another thing is you're not putting down, um, when it's time to pay for a transaction, you're not putting down earnest money deposits. Mm -hmm. You're putting down the purchase price. Mm -hmm. You are funding to buy the loan, mm -hmm. right? So that's something that's really important to understand. You know, I hear a lot of people saying, well, you know, I just got to put down my earnest money deposits. Like, no, that, that's not how this works. No. No. Um, what are some other differences? Uh, the like title said, stuff, you know, looking at what you're looking at title, people will- Right, so when you're buying real estate, when you're buying real estate, you're typically a title company or a, an attorney will close a transaction and they're gonna issue title insurance. If they're issuing title insurance, that means they're insuring title. Right. So they're gonna go ahead and they're gonna do their own title search to make sure title is clean, mm -hmm. right? Because they don't wanna insure something that doesn't have clean title. But when you're buying a note, that's typically not the case. It's on the buyer to go through and order the title reports and order this stuff because you're, unless you're getting a title policy, somebody's not doing that for you, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so you wanna go ahead and make sure that you're, you're pulling title, you're pulling your taxes, you're looking up and running your own due diligence. And if you need somebody to do it for you, look, we can, we can give you a third party vendors who can step in and sort of knock that out of the park for you. So that's something else that's kind of a difference that people don't understand is like, look, once you sign closing and paper stacks the mechanism for closing this, uh, it's still on you to run your due diligence as a buyer. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that if a wholesaler is getting into the space of notes is thinking of the difference of origination and transfer. That's two different things, you know, it's right. I mean, you're, when you're wholesaling or you're buying, then you're buying the real estate, it's the origination process of creating the mortgage and all that stuff. So like, and then this is the transfer of it. That's which a good is way a to look at it, yeah. a totally different ball of wax. You're you are just- Two different, trans two different types of uh, closings, totally. Yes, I mean, that, that's, that's one way to look at it. There are definitely different transactions, mm -hmm. steps that happen. But the biggest thing is, is, you know, we're, we're, not, run we're not doing your due diligence for you. You know, everybody's supposed to be doing their own due diligence. We supply a mechanism for you to do it and transact the deal, but we don't do the due diligence for you. There's just, that's not what we do. No, that's true. So, I mean, those are some of the big, the big differences. Um, and, you know, like I said, the similarities of how you can get paid on a transaction. Paperstack's great because if you are brokering a deal, there's a feature that allows you to add a fee mm -hmm. to the transaction. So if, if the purchase price is 100000 and you're making two points and you put $2,000 in there and you send the contract off to your buyer, it's going to show 102000 as the purchase price. Mm -hmm. And then when uh, if you're using escrow, whenever escrow pays out the uh, pays everything out, you'll get paid out at closing. So mm -hmm. when the deal closes, you get paid. It's true. Yes. Mm -hmm. make the most important thing if you're doing brokering, just making sure your the actual seller knows Transparency is the most important thing. People aren't opposed to people aren't opposed to brokers. Just the fact that when you're trying to be shady about it, and it's going to come out eventually. You know, when, when yeah. you get to the escrow step and you're tied up for a week it. trying to figure out what's going on, it's like, eh, you know, <laughs> not the farmers commercial, but we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Those, yeah. <laughs> those type of things kind of happen. So, but I mean, it's, it's even on there. You can add the title of broker and just let people know up front. Actually, it'll save you more time in the end because if it gets to the point where it, you, you've wasted all this time of doing your due diligence and the, you find out the seller's like, hey, we, we can't do this. It's like, well, you just wasted your time, your effort, you could have been better off spent doing it with someone else. Wasting your buyer's money on due diligence documents. That's true too. So, yeah. hope that helps out. If you have any more questions or anything specific, leave it in the comments below. 
Um, we're happy to answer them for you. And if, if there's enough of the same questions, we'll do another another quick series or another snackable on on the topics that you put down there. Speaking of series, Rick, just as we're on it, we are going to have some things coming up, some new styles of podcasts and uh, snackables that I'm really excited about. We're going to keep them to snackables where it's around 15 minutes. That's the goal where there's going to be stories and we're going to be inviting on people like you that are note investors or real estate investors, anybody who has a story of a hard knock and the lesson learned. That's it. And then the other side of the coin will be your knock it out of the park. What did you do? And uh, the lesson learned, and if you have to show numbers, you know, we'll show that. Show that. The goal is to be able to provide other real estate investors, other note investors, uh, just, to just basically learn from someone else's experience. In, case in, studies. We're going to do some small, basically it's going to be case studies, yeah, where case somebody studies, allows yeah. to do a case study by telling the story. Uh, usually I find that case studies, there's more to a case study than just the numbers, right? The numbers also ultimately are the, the scorecard, or they tell what happened, but... Usually a case study, there's so many different little details or gotcha moments or ahas or little Houdini moves that we might pull <laughs> to get you out of a sticky situation. Yep. And those are really the nuggets um, of gold that mm-hmm. that really kind of show you, oh, okay, I, 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 I take that away. You know, wins are wins, losses are losses. Everyone likes to see them and know that other people are winning and losing. But really, how'd you get there? That's, that's what we're going to look at. We're going to dive into the unique experiences of other note investors and hopefully share some nuggets of gold for you. Yeah. So, so if you got one, let us know. We're, we will have you on and uh, share your story and yeah, make it happen. So I guess that's it for the snackable and uh, I guess we will see you on the next one. So until then, see ya.